to the streets, pray. Roll another one, cause I'm winning. In my photo, looking real photogenic. Gentlemen attire and threads that won't expire. I'm in the class of my own, my teacher got fired. Okay. Um, everybody that's listening, I'm talking to Jake and Gino right now. Um, I'll, I'll link their Instagram in the description below. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited about this one because they are in the real estate business um, and they have a lot of different offers based on their experience in the real estate business. And um, I wanted to get them on the podcast for you guys today because I know a lot of you are interested in, in not only real estate, um, but multi-unit real estate and how to kind of leverage that that investment um, further than things like stocks and stuff like that. Cause I know a lot of young people are like stock, 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 stocks. But I know, I know real estate's like one of the big things that a lot of people have leveraged to really build like long-term generational wealth. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess just uh, introduce yourself. Can we touch like, on why it's stock, 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 stocks? Yes. And, and I think that? it's, it's something Gina and I were talking about the other day. And it's interesting if you see, how our society is still set up it's based on the industrial revolution and it's about factory workers and if you look at the schools they basically are set up very similarly so you have you know everybody in the school they do their little work they get their lunch pail they go to lunch very much a society set up to produce you know you know uh, different people to fulfill needs and, and I think that's one of the interesting things is that the stock market is is built the same way to fulfill on the 401k retirement that everyone's supposed to become millionaires on but most people don't achieve till they're 65 70 and then life has already passed them by and now they're sitting with a nest egg and it's just supposed to drip them out you know till they get put in you know in the grave so I, I okay. think one of the great things about real estate is that you know for Gino and myself um, we started back you know a few years ago and in a very short amount of time, we went from a 25-unit apartment complex to over $100 million in real estate and a life of abundance and freedom. And so it's, it's entrepreneurship that can spark that kind of fire to explode for you. It's not investing in the stock market over the long term. Uh, I, I don't think that's a, a great way if people are, are seeking freedom and, and a life of abundance. If you want you know, what people consider security. I, I don't consider the stock market necessarily security now with the, the roller coaster that you're seeing now and the roller coaster from 10 years ago. So just just be careful when you're subscribing to these different, you know, uh, societal norms that we've seen and, and look a little deeper into who's getting served truly and, and why you're putting your money where you are. So when you're investing, there's three things you need to look for are you, your desire. It's called leverage, liquidity, and control. I want everyone to write those down. Does the stock market allow you to lever? It might, but it's truly risky. Not a real great asset class to do that. Liquidity is good. Push a button, but you know what? Sometimes you push that button that you shouldn't have. You don't really think about it. It's more of an emotional thing. It's more of a dopamine hit. It's not a long term. I look at stock stock investing as speculative because you're buying A and you want it to rise in price, unless you're buying dividends. But for the most Are part- Are they paying you every month, right? That's do right. you get that dividend every month? That's every month that's we get point. paid with our real estate Important. while it appreciates and our tax burden is lessened. And, and number three is the control. Do you have control? <clears throat> I mean, uh, Steve Jobs, when he was around, could make a stupid decision on Apple, stock tanked. 
Jake and I get on the call. Jake, do you want to sell this property? Do you want to raise the rents? Can we fire this employee? We have the ultimate control. So real estate has the leverage. We're buying an asset for 80 to 85% we can lever on this asset. And we're controlling 100% of its utilitary use, whether it's the cash flows, whether you're paying down the principal, whether you're getting the tax benefits because... Hey, I know a lot of people don't like Donald Trump out there, but why ain't he paying taxes? It's because he has real estate and Google the word cost segregation. That's why he ain't paying it. That's the game, everybody. So let's focus on that. But the third thing is the liquidity. Real estate does not have liquidity, but you can still refinance the property out, pull equity, and go on to the next deal. And the control aspect is huge for us. We want to build a business. We want to build a viable, sustaining, scalable business, but you can scale up with those economies of scale. And real estate allows you to do that. And when we get into it, the multifaceted multifamily, where we talk about, you know, you're in digital marketing, you can build multiple streams of revenue. Like Jake's got the book right behind his head for all you YouTubers, the honeybee. We talk about the multiple streams of revenue that you can build from this, uh, from, from multifamily. Gino, real quick, that liquidity issue that you brought up is actually a blessing in disguise because we've spoken to uh, real estate entrepreneurs that are in their 90s and they say the worst mistake they ever made most of the time was selling. So the, the fact that the liquidity is harder to access is actually a saving grace because it yes. keeps you in the game longer and allows the property to appreciate without you getting the shiny object syndrome and maybe I'll sell it now when in three years from now the thing would have gone up 25%. So it's actually many times yeah. a saving grace as well. What was the, you said there were three, right? Control, liquidity. Leverage, leverage liquidity, and control. And you know, when you, when you dive into, you know, the three types of earnings we have, we have earned income, right? You're out there doing a W2 job. You have the portfolio income, which is stocks and bonds. And then you have the passive income and real estate falls into passive. What's the least taxed? Passive income is lease tax and it's recurring and it's ongoing. So for us, real estate checks a lot of the boxes. The only other investment that I say that I like almost as much as real estate is whole life insurance. Whole life insurance has a lot of those. You can lever it up, you have the control and there's liquidity. So that's what you're looking for when you're investing or you're looking at a specific vehicle to invest in. And that's what we talk about in real estate. It's just a vehicle to get you from point A to point B. Do you like Bitcoin? Great. You like single family homes? Great. Choose one. We choose multifamily because there's so many benefits to it. And we just ride that vehicle. We're continuing to learn how to ride the vehicle. And hey, and, and Gino, look at this, this crisis right now with the virus. Who's mm -hmm. winning? The basic human needs. Food, clothing, and apartments, baby. That's I'm right. telling you right now, and I'm sure most of the folks on this yeah. call right now probably run an apartment. You know, it's it's what uh, many millennials are doing. It's, it's what the current trends are. People like the flexibility. They don't want to be tied down to a house. And they want to have their money going to work for them. So they put it into vehicles like multifamily. Who's winning right now? Amazon's winning. You know, Whole Foods is winning. Kroger, your grocery stores are winning. Multifamily is winning, okay? It, when you hit a crisis the basic human needs. It's not the gym memberships they're winning right now, folks. Look, I love working out. That's why I have a gym at my house and I'm, and you know, I'm not, you know, strapped and can't go to the gym right now, okay? Yep. It's it's the basic human needs that thrive in these times. And Jake, let's challenge everybody out there to read that book, Big Shifts Ahead by Chris Porter. He was on our podcast. He was on the Wheelbarrow Profits podcast. And it talks about demographics. So you're young. You're starting out right now. You need to know where the demographic shifts are. You need to know what consumer appetite is. Airbnb grew out of the 2008, grew out of the share or economy, the people who were born in the 80s. You look at Zipcar. You look at VRBO. You look at all these sites where their share economy is going on. The reason why I mention this is the demographics 
are pointing towards people renting. You have over 150 million baby boomers and millennials. And what are they going to do? They're not buying homes. That, that student debt is doing what, Jake? It's choking, choking you out, baby. You, can't, you yeah. can't buy a house. Right now, I heard you need a 700 credit score to buy a house. Well, guess that, that person ain't buying a house. They're going to be renting. So you've got a big swath of people that are going to be leaving these cities soon and going where? Going down south, downsizing, and they're going to be renting apartments. That's the bottom line. That's the truth. So follow the demographic nice. shifts. It's really important that you learn it because whatever your business is in, you need to know who your customer base is and how you're going to serve them. What was the book? Well, the big shifts, what? Big shifts ahead. Big shifts ahead. By Chris Porter. Yeah. And multifamily is not rocket science. It comes down to income expenses, you know, blended with what your mortgage payments are going to be. So, you know, a lot of people get intimidated by it, but it's like, if you're in an area where you have, you know, a good job base, population is growing, you have a great opportunity to serve folks. I love that, Jake. And what do we always say? Revenue is vanity. Mm -hmm. Profit margin is sanity. Yep. And cash is king. That's right. So no matter how much you're making, it's how much you're keeping. And you're going to keep more of the real estate. I, we love these guys making money with Bitcoin and crypto and digital marketing. You know why? Because they're paying a ton in taxes and they need to shelter the money somewhere. So where do they go, Jake? They come to the multifamily people. Come to the multifamily fund. Because they That's need, right. they know. And it's great. This is what you want to do. You want to make money in your job, right? You need to make money in your job. That's a great place to do it. You make that yeah. money, you save it, and you invest it in alternative invest assets. It. So yeah. that's why we love multifamily. So, you know, if you go on to Jake and Gino, invest with us. You want to learn how to invest, how to become a, an equity partner with us. It's important. Start that journey. Start making the money in the job. Don't buy the Lambo. Put that off. Start putting the money aside and make it work for you. And the beautiful yeah. thing is, too, you don't even have to, you know, put money in a deal with us. If you want to start small, you know, go ahead and mm -hmm. get your own deal. We believe that education times action equals your results. I think that's a success formula to get into the multifamily game. So I think it's, you know, you go out there, you get your multifamily education on, and then, then you take massive action. It's what we did. Started out, got a 25-unit complex, grew it to 1,600 units in a very short period yeah. of time. So That's awesome. That's awesome. So how did you guys get, like, how did you guys get started in uh investing in multifamily like at the very beginning like what what was the thought impulse um what what did you do other investments before that like what kind of got you into this space so the thought impulse for me was i was a pizza guy and he was the drug rep and we both hated our jobs and, and for various reasons uh there's no control uh everyone talks about the pandemic now i people forget what happened back in 2008 the economy basically stopped for about a year and yeah. working at the restaurant working harder working longer, making less, not having security, because ultimately a W-2 job is not security. A small business is not security. And that's where yeah. I was stuck. And, and I met Jake through the restaurant. He was a pharmaceutical rep. He's uh, out there getting orders for doctor's offices, going, doing caterings and, and, and going out there. And he knew that he hated that part too, because he had no control. You know, Constant six, layoffs. Six Constant layoffs, layoffs in four years. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it was, it was horrible. So we got together and back in 2011, he moves down to Knoxville, Tennessee. I have no idea where Knoxville, Tennessee is from being from a New Yorker. And he's like, you know what? Let's look at the deals down there. And I wanted multifamily very easy because I already had a job. I didn't want to fix and flip. I didn't want to buy single family homes. I wanted to buy a business. I wanted to scale a business. And I said, Jake, this multifamily thing is great. Let's look at it down there. People are moving down south. I knew that already 10 years ago and they're gonna continue. The quality of living is better. The cost of living is much better. 
the people are nicer. I mean, the whole thing is so much greater down south. And that's where I saw. So 11, he went down there. I was already getting coached by a mentor. We practice what we preach. Like Jake said, education times action equals results. And I was, I was investing a lot of money, money into my education. I knew how to underwrite a deal. I knew how to spot a deal. And we found that first 25 unit. But listen, Nicholas, it took us 18 months. It took us a long time to find that first deal because we were newbies. Yeah. We didn't have our framework, our buy right manage right, finance right, our three-step proprietary framework. We created it once we did it, right? You, you, you learn, you do, then you teach. We learned how to do it. We started buying these assets. And then all of a sudden, a year or two later, we wrote our first book, We Our Profits, and we, we started teaching it. And the amazing thing is once you start teaching it, all of a sudden, you're in it. You're studying it. You're becoming a better investor yourself, and you're sharing your knowledge with others. So it was an ultimate win-win. But it did take us 18 months for that first deal because we didn't have the credibility. We didn't have the resources that we have now. And from that first deal, it's all about momentum. Three months after that first deal, we found our second deal. And then six months after that second deal, we got into our third deal. So it's really all about, I mean, the framework really is basically focus on one specific niche, education. Start networking with people. Start putting in offers. And then things will happen. Don't focus on the lack of money. It's not lack of money. It's lack of intelligence and lack right. of lack of resources. And you, you know, if you know what you're doing, that money will follow you. You will be able to raise the capital. You will be able to utilize other people's money. But you need to know what you're doing with these deals. And you know, for us, we started. Uh, we took our first property over. Jake managed that property, and ultimately, we created a property management company because we wanted to learn the business. And we liked it so much. It was just another facet, another stream of revenue for our business. Right. And that's what we ultimately ended up doing. Yeah. And that, Nicholas, it doesn't need to take this long. I think we, yeah. we probably did it the hard way. You know, mm -hmm. we, we bootstrapped the entire thing. But that's why we documented our journey. Because we that's put why you're here. In, <laughs> no, but we've put in thousands upon thousands of hours because this is all we do. We, we, we believe in staying in your lane. All we do is multifamily. And then we've documented our journey. And we realized, well, this stuff isn't rocket science. But if we would have known back then what we know now, we probably would have been at 3,000 units. Yeah. So it just, it, you know, and that's what we're here to do is shorten folks' learning curve and give them the framework and explain to them how to put these systems and these parameters in place. Essentially, it's like a, a franchisable model where they can go in, plug and play, and, and really speed the, the process up because it doesn't have to take that long. Mm. What is so like Gino mentioned the 18 month window mm -hmm. in terms of buying a deal or like prepping for a deal or whatever that looks like. I'm not sure what it looks like yet. Um, like what is that 18 month window in like, like you, you said how it like took you 18 months. What yeah, that it's because it's, it's because there it was so much wrong, not only with our mindset, but the way that we were approaching things. So we've, okay. we've done things now where we've created things that we call credibility books. Because what, what I did not realize, coming from a sales background, I thought the sales brokers were the sales reps. It's not the case. They have what we want as buyers, and they're qualifying us. Can they close the deal? Are they qualified to take it down? Because there's a lot of demand for these products you know, for these multifamily assets. Right. So what we realized is that we need to cater to them. We need to be taking them out to lunch. We need to be able to show them that we can close the deal. We have the capital to do it. So we've created a system around these credibility books and how to approach brokers. That was a huge piece of it because I was going in, I got kicked out of broker's offices because I was arrogant. And I was like, no, you got the sales rep. You're supposed to sell this to me. It's not the case. You need to be catering, building rapport just as any sales rep would be doing. So it's actually the reverse of what you think. And it took us a while mm -hmm to realize that and so we started this, this system for our, our credibility books and how we approach brokers and also we we didn't know what kind of you know yes we wanted multifamily assets 
but we didn't know specifically what kind of multifamily assets we wanted. So we started drilling down and we created a niche within the multifamily space and we call those mom and pop apartments. We can dive into that a little bit, but there's actually a, a niche that we think there's about a 10 year window for uh, before these all get gobbled up um, that actually had the most value on them because there's people out there that, you know, five, 10 years ago went, thought, you know, real estate's probably cool. I'm going to put some money into it, but not treat it like a business. This is our only business and we know how to maximize returns and that's where the big paydays come from is going in, uh, renovating and turning those mom and pop properties around because there's things that we, we teach, you know, there's rubs, ratio utility billing systems can add, you know, millions of dollars to an asset over time. Uh, we do things such as moving fees. There's all these little system tweaks that we've implemented into our business, whereas the, you know, the, the, the common investor that's not really taking it seriously, you know, just go off and manage it or maybe I have a, a resident manager or whatever, they just don't put the time. In. And if you, you implement these little tweaks, they can become huge gains over time. And part of the 18 months why it took us long was, you know, Jake went out and bought a house. So he spent part of his seed money because he moved down by himself. His wife moves down. The other part is we weren't crystal clear on how to underwrite a deal. We didn't know how That's to right. analyze deals properly. That's the other thing. So it takes a student a couple of months to select the market because this market selection is really important. You want a market that's growing. You want jobs to be coming to a certain market. You want population to be growing. So that's important. You really have to nail that first piece down. Then the second piece is going out there analyzing, learning how to speak the lingo. It's not going to happen overnight. People go to college for four years and get a degree and then go out and get trained for a job. So this is a good three to six month window between learning how to actually speak to these brokers, learning a little bit right. of negotiation. And then from there, learning how to underwrite the deal, actually analyzing numbers. And then from there, you're working on purchase and sale. You're working on building rapport and building your list with the brokers. So that takes a couple more months. So is it doable within 12 months? We probably should have shaved a few months off, but like Jake said, we didn't build a report with those brokers and we weren't analyzing the deals properly. And that was slowing us down. The wrong mindset and the wrong approach. And yes. Nicholas, take this for example. If I came to you and said, so tell me which submarket you're looking in, the vintage of the property, the cap rate, and what kind of cash on cash returns you're seeing, if you haven't been coached and you don't know how to speak the lingo, you're probably going to just you know gloss over like a deer right. in the headlights. And that's like pretty basic <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like I just did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not, and again, it's not hard. It's just, you know, these different financial institutions have sometimes, you know, put these different, you know, phrases and terminology in place. And it, it, sometimes it weeds out uh, some of the people that aren't meant to be there. But look, if you put the work in, it's not rocket science. It's just not yeah. working on the front end. And that's why you need to read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, it's one of the best selling books ever time on business for a reason, because it is a mind shift. It, it doesn't, it'll tell you the why. Jake and Gio yeah. can tell you the how in real estate and there's other people out there that can tell you the how and other asset classes is but first thing is you need to understand the why you, you need to understand you know why why a business why w2 is riskier you know why printing money right now is actually great for multifamily because it's gonna it's gonna we have a hard asset right now we have a hard asset that is in demand so long term we are in the right vehicle with the right. tax benefits with we're gonna be able to keep up with inflation and yeah. we're gonna be able to keep up with inflation because what happens when people get paid more and stuff costs more rents go up. So I, we're going to be able to push our rents going into the future. So all those benefits, read the book, Rich Dad, and then from there, pick an asset class. And I'm going to tell you, multifamily is one of the best asset classes out there to invest in. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, multifamily is definitely the uh, place I want to be when I mm -hmm. do real estate. Mm -hmm. um, just because of the fact that even, I mean, I don't even know all the details yet, because I don't, I haven't done enough research. I've been in the game like you guys have, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, just the simple fact that there's, it's multifamily. So mm -hmm. you own the asset as a whole, and it's like if one family moves out, you're you're, you're screwed. 
Mm-hmm. But if you have 20 units or whatever amount of units, if two people are not paying their rent or they move out or, or whatever situation that is, it seems like a better deal, like, like in consistency wise. Mm-hmm. And you can systematize it much better. You get economies okay. of scale. There's so many, so many advantages um, versus a single family house is what I'm referring to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So one, one thing that I want to Gina kept referring to was underwriting a deal. Um, I kind of understand what it means, but I know a lot of people listening don't have any clue what that means. Mm-hmm. Can you touch on what that actually, what the term means? Sure. It's, it's more of a financial modeling kind of thing. It's not a hard thing. We have calculators to teach students how to do it. You're basically analyzing the income of the property versus the expenses of the property. So you have, you know, you have net income versus operating expenses. Right. You get what's called the net operating income of the property. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to derive value from that and see what cash flows are. And you're trying to get the debt of the property and you're trying to get a valuation on the property. So underwriting is basically trying to find out what the property is worth, basically. So you can use cap rates. I don't want to dive into it because we could be here for an hour speaking about it. But you're basically analyzing a property. You're taking a lot of things into consideration. You're taking the size of the property, the age of the property, the condition of the property, where it's located. And then, like Jake said, it's basically income versus expenses and then uh, then working with the debt how much what kind of financing you're going to get on the property yeah and this is where you set up your parameters i want to buy something that's going to yield an eight percent cash on cash return uh and so that's where that that buy right portion of the framework remember we said buy right manage right and finance right and we're looking for long-term non-recourse fixed rate debt so that'll be plugged into the calculator as well so the beautiful thing is you don't need to be some you know mathematician the calculator does the work you need to know your parameters and put an accurate information into the calculator right would you one thing that a lot of people including myself have have thought about was the uh fourplex Mm -hmm. um or you know I, i guess is that the proper name for a, a for a four unit fourplex, mm-hmm. sure. mm-hmm. quadplex, whatever? Um, what's your opinion on that? Because I've considered it. A lot of people, I think, are considering it. Is it? Do you think it's worth it to do that, or do you think it's more of a pain in the butt in term instead of like investing with someone until you have the capital to invest in like a twenty unit place or whatever? Like, what's your take on that? Oh, Nicholas, that's a good question. Uh, what I would say is basically, what are your goals ultimately? Mm-hmm. Do you want to operate the things yourself? I would tell people think big and start small. That's what I always tell people. We only started at 25 unit. We've bought up upwards of 281 units. So for me, starting out and getting the game, especially when you're young, if you can buy a quadplex, you can live in one of the units and rent out the other three. You're basically living rent free. You could probably even be cash flowing a little bit with the property. And ultimately you're getting a taste for the game. Do you like working with tenants? Do you like multifamily? And if the question is yes, then you can continue on. And if the question is no, no harm, no foul. You can sell that fourplex. So for me, the first thing is really, like I said, we're going to continue to hammer it. You get get educated. The second thing is to get clarity. Do you want to own and manage your own properties or do you want to learn how to become what we call a limited partner where you're finding other people to do the deals and you just invest in their deals. But even if you are what we call a limited partner and not doing the day-to-day work, you still need to be educated because it's like, put it this way, it's like a mutual fund versus buying stocks. Most people have a 401k. They put money in a mutual fund. They don't really know anything about stocks, but that's low level of intelligence and financial investing. That's why the rate of return on that is sucks. That's why you're going to say six, five. It's terrible because there's no intelligence. You're just giving your money to somebody else. You don't know anything about it. And it's the same way. When you're investing with others, you still need to understand all these parameters we're talking about. You still need to understand if they're going to take your money, you need to know how to invest in the deal because they are going to, they're, they're the ones who are going to be running the property for you. 
Yeah, and the reason the, I like the I was going to say the reason I like it is because it, you start to gain experience. Mm-hmm. So you start to you know see what it's like to manage, what it's like to buy, and then what you're going to realize is that things will change as you get into bigger deals, but you have that experience, and a lot of times you're just tacking zeros on, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're getting more detailed, and it's constant improvement. So it's increasing your knowledge base through doing. Uh, so I, I you know I think it's a it's a great you know thing if if you are comfortable starting with four, if you're if you're comfortable starting with twenty, I think your mind is such a limiting factor, and, and so yes. where your mind like if because here's the deal if you're comfortable with four. After that, you're going to say, wow, I can do this. Maybe now I'm comfortable with 10. And if that's what it takes, at least you took action and you did something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of like the false or like the limiting beliefs that even I have, like even thinking about this right now, is like how long it would take for me to pay off a fourplex and be able to reinvest. Wrong it thought in. process. I know, yeah, I know. I, I know it's the wrong. But can you like... Walk yeah. So what? That. So what we? Yeah. Because remember, we were talking about underwriting. We're trying to buy a deal that's yeah. going to pay us every month. That's inclusive. Right. Of, that's inclusive of the mortgage. Paying off the mortgage completely. How old are you? Twenty-two. Okay. So you pay it off, and you're you're fifty-two years old. Say it's over thirty years, right? Say you're in your fifties, whatever the case may be, right? You own it free and clear. Do you think that thing's gonna be worth more? You know, later in life after you've already paid it off and it's paid you year over yeah. year. That's a great deal. It's a lot better than, than a stock deal. So what you're getting, you're getting tax benefits from it. It's paying you every month. It's rising through appreciation. You pay the thing off. You, you have a ton of money built up over time. So it's not the goal like, you know, because I had this struggle too. It's like, oh, I got to pay the thing off. No, I want to buy yeah. something that's going to pay me today with debt on it. So I'd rather own something with debt on it and then buy another asset with debt on it. So I have two assets that are appreciating and have less risk, right? Instead of having one. And the mortgage payment is shrinking. That's yeah. right. So you, you, my, yeah. my idea was, oh, I'm going to pay the mortgage down quicker, quicker. But why not? I'm living off that cash flow instead of reinvesting that cash flow into the deal. And remember, a dollar of debt today, 10 years from now, that dollar of debt is a lot cheaper. That's why savers are losing this economy and debtors are winning right. because you're paying back that Good debt point. 10 years from now with the money that's a lot cheaper. I mean, I love Dave Ramsey, but he's totally wrong on this point. If you're using your debt wisely, if you're levering your business life for your personal, that's how you do it. I don't want personal debt. I've got a small mortgage. I've got no credit card debt. I've got three cars, no car debt. Everything that I have my debt on is on my business side. I lever my business side to pay my personal side. So that's really important. That's the first mind shift that you need to have. Don't buy the car. If you're going to buy the car, buy it for the business, right? And put the debt on the business side. If not, pay the freaking car off because you don't need debt on the car. Luxuries in life right now are vacations, homes, and cars. And if you can't afford them, they're luxuries. That's how you have to think. Yeah. When you're young. Put money into hard that was, assets. That was my biggest mistake. So don't worry about paying these assets off. Worry about buying them right. Worry about the fact that if it don't cash flow, let the grass grow. We want these assets to cash flow. You need to buy them right. And then from there, the more assets you own, the more, and then as they appreciate, like I said, you have more assets appreciating in value. So that's the goal. Awesome. That was great. That was awesome. What um, I know I saw the wheel wheelbarrow Academy mm-hmm. kind of what, what is, what is that? And how does it, weave into all this stuff that you guys are doing. So like we said, we started out with the investment pro- investment pro- uh, property, created yeah, the yeah. property management. From the property management, we created an education arm called Jake and Gino. Will of Our Profits is the education arm, is the Jake and Gino arm 
of our business. And we started it just for coaching. We, we love to teach others. We created the community. And for me, it's an awesome way to give back. And it's also a great way to learn. And we're learning from our students. We're able to do these podcasts. We're able to create the community. We do boot camps and trainings and we have money mixes where students come on and we train them. And it's just from growing that community. That's where the real wheelbarrow profits came from. So yeah, and awesome. there's a, there's a vis uh, visualization behind that too because, you know, we're looking to buy right. We talked about the three-step framework. That represents the back leg of the framework because it's fixed. It's not moving. That back leg of the wheelbarrow is fixed, so that's buy right. Then you look at finance right. That's the other leg of the wheelbarrow. It's fixed. We want long-term fixed rate debt. The third piece is the manage right. That's the wheel. It's constant in motion. It's ongoing. And if you pull any of those pieces of the wheelbarrow out, it tips over. So we like to, and you see like behind Gino there, you see that wheelbarrow filled with buildings. You stockpile the wheelbarrow full of buildings. You make sure you nail that framework throughout and you're good. You mess up any of those parameters, you're going to be in trouble. And that's why we teach that framework. Mm -hmm. I was looking over to the left at first. I was like, where is it? I was like, oh, oh I see. I see. It. Shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's awesome. So um, I guess I, I, I don't, I don't have like a, uh, uh, a, um, what am I, what am I trying to say? Um, a big shot zoom account. So we have like three minutes left or three minutes and 45 seconds left or whatever. <laughs> so, um, because there's three of us, I want to, I want to wrap this up and respect sure. you guys' time. Um, what are like the goals for 2020? I know, I know it's probably real estate investing heavy, but like just in general, like what are you guys doing in 2020 to double down on all the things that you've done up to this point? Yeah. So I remember we went uh, before we said education times action equals results. That to me, that yep. gets you in the game. Once you're in the game, it's, it's truly a business. We focus on people, systems, and culture. So we're always reinvesting into ourselves. Over the last year, we've invested over 300000 into our coaching for our teams and our businesses. Uh, you know, we have about 60 employees on staff. So we're always mm -hmm. looking for constant improvement. And, you know, basically right now, because, you know, the, the, uh, we're looking around Corona and everything, everyone's shut down a little bit. We're looking at deals. We're looking to identify opportunities and we're looking to, you know, make our business better right now. So as there's a little bit of this lull, we're saying, how can we, you know, make these systems better? And, and we're doing virtual leasing. Uh, and so we're expanding on, the, you know, the, the education business as well. So it's really, you know, systems and, and culture right now that we're doing our best and looking to get opportunities through the door because I know there's going to be some opportunities right now from Corona. The people that don't manage right through Corona are going to create opportunities for Gino and myself to go by and any people that are trying to get into the game right now. So there's going to be opportunities in the next six months for sure. Yeah. And, and we're just poised to take those down. And I think, yes. Nicholas, anyone wants to learn more about Jake and Gino, just go to jakeandgino.com. We've got a bunch of podcasts on there. We've got free resources on there. If you go to jakeandgino.com forward slash honeybee, you know, you'll get some audio about the honeybee. You get some videos on the honeybee. Jake had referenced our credibility book. You can jump that on there. You'll see all our different podcasts. Start learning. Start just opening up your mind. I think that's that's the really important thing that what I'm looking forward to in 2020. I'm doing a lot of training myself. This is the time to get educated because there will be opportunities in this new economy. Perfect, perfect, perfect. One thing for, let's say, a 20-year-old who wants to start real estate, one thing that they pay, should do now. Pay to play or seek to serve. Go out and find a mentor who you can add value to. Bottom line, when you're young like that, that's what you got to do. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, I really, really, really appreciate this. Um, this was so valuable, especially for people who um, at least wanted to at some point do real estate. So mm -hmm. I really appreciate all the knowledge and, and um, the value that you brought to this year. So we appreciate it. Thanks, Nicholas. Take care, care, everybody.